Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. I have been through this chaos and crisis of having that happen to me. It was in the early days, um, and I still to this day think it was a glitch where TikTok was kind of just like banning accounts. And I think because I didn't show my face in my videos at first, they may have saw my videos as spammy. I don't know. But like one day I logged in, and this is when I was like cranking out videos every day. This was like my heart and soul. So... I log in and it says, your account has been banned. And then it's like, the only option is like, log out, bye. And I was like, literally on the floor sobbing. Gracie Rybeck, welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. You are shaking up the Amazon influencer world as the ultimate influencer to me. You are fabulous. You have over 1 million followers on TikTok. Thank you so much, Joey, for having me. That was such an amazing intro. (laughs) I just think it is so amazing to even sit with you and know what work you put into the influencer program. So while I have you sitting here and everybody Mm -hmm. listening, let's break it down. Sure. What exactly is the Amazon Influencer Program? So the Amazon Influencer Program is basically a part of the original Amazon Associates program, which is basically just an affiliate program for all of Amazon products. The affiliate program has been around for years. I dare to say since like the early 2000s. And it used to be mainly for um, articles, blogs, just like Google things, anything internet. But since the social media kind of came around recently, I would say in the last five, 10 years, they branched off another part of the associates program into the influencer program. And the difference there is that people with some sort of social media following can apply to the influencer program. They would then get an influencer storefront on Amazon where they can add their own products and recommend products and lists. And they can also live stream and create kind of shoppable videos onto Amazon as well. So those three aspects are benefits of being in the influencer program. But you have to be in the larger associates program to get into the influencer program. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually in the Amazon Associates Mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. And to get into that, it was it was like you need a thousand Instagram followers or like something. And it was easy. And on my Instagram, I have like the wish list. Mm -hmm. I'm not really doing anything. I actually just set it up because I wanted to just see how it worked. So if I wanted to, which I don't, but if I did want to jump into being an influencer, you apply and what are the requirements to get in? So there is no like specific follower count or any kind of audience count. There's nothing really specific with numbers. They mainly look at audience engagement and the kind of content you're already posting. So it's obviously you're better off at the program if you're already posting about products and like sharing your favorite things like that and obviously having really good engagement on your social media. But the barrier to entry is not incredibly high either. Okay, so it's up to you as the influencer to make or break it. And shifting back to you, mm-hmm. you not only have a incredible following and some amazing videos, you were able to quit your full-time job and this has completely replaced and increased your income. Correct. Correct. I am beyond blessed for that. Um, I used to be in sales and it was kind of in the height of the pandemic where 
things kind of change and I was like, maybe I should jump into this full time, kind of see how it goes. And it's been a lot of growth and it's been a lot of work since then. But yes, I've been blessed enough to be able to make a full-time income with what I do now. It's amazing. It is incredible. And how do Amazon sellers and even e-commerce sellers, but you know, this is mostly about Amazon. So how do they work with influencers? Like wh- why should, I mean, I believe all brands should be working with influencers. I agree, I agree. But over the past several years, it's almost like it's just something your brand has to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because um, Amazon puts such a value on external audience and bringing people onto their site that weren't already there. And that is the main value of the influencer program. And it's really, really important for Amazon sellers to be using influencers because I think with so much competition on Amazon and so many sellers and so many products out there, um, it's really, really important to kind of differentiate yourself and bring that external audience. Amazon is gonna reward sellers who do that. And with the rising costs of PPC nowadays, it's so hard to win that bid. It's really hard to like get the ROI that people want from PPC. And so the best way to kind of go above and beyond that and also have tons of other benefits. I'm always talking about the halo effect of influencer marketing. There's um, benefits for keyword ranking, bestseller ranking. There is um, the brand referral bonus program that you can then use. And then there's like obviously sales, profits at the very baseline of it. So tons of reasons that people should not only depend so much on PPC, but also take into account influence marketing for the external traffic. Yes, mm-hmm. perfect. And that is how I preach Google Ads. Yeah. Right. I yeah. love Google Ads. I feel like it gives everybody the edge up. And it's all outside traffic. And yeah. it's so awesome that influencers are becoming more accessible. Mm-hmm. I'll say we'll get into the proper way to work with influencers in a bit. But sticking on the algorithm talk, mm-hmm. when you please, Amazon and Amazon's algorithm, mm-hmm. then your PPC costs are lower, your organic rank is higher, mm-hmm. and you're going to rank higher on page one, two, or three, so your conversion rate should skyrocket. Right, exactly, exactly. I, I absolutely love it. One more question on just all the programs. So now, you did bring up the brand referral program. Mm-hmm. I get asked this, I'm not kidding, like twice a day, you know, as an Amazon selling coach, Mm -hmm. people are like, what is the brand referral program Mm -hmm. and how does it work with influencers? So please break that down for us. Sure. So brand referral bonus program, basically, bottom line, Amazon is rewarding sellers for bringing external traffic onto the platform. So the way it works is you have to register with the program. And I believe that you should be able to as long as your brand registered on Amazon. And um, you have the ability to make attribution links onto any product that you wish. You then take this attribution link and use it for your off Amazon advertising, whether that be Google ads, Facebook ads, whatever, or influencers. And then you get this data that influencers can bring you, but also you get all of the traffic and then Amazon will then give you up to, the percentage is different based on product category, but it's like average 10% 10%, back um, towards your referral fees from Amazon. And obviously that's more money in your pocket and better margins for the sellers. And so that's kind of how it works. And then the brand owner has the 
referral fee of the 10% and then do they give that 10% maybe like 5% back to the influencer? So they totally can and I have totally recommended this before because when you use an attribution link with an influencer campaign, the influencer loses out on the affiliate commissions that they would be getting from an affiliate link. So what you could do is say, hey, use this attribution link instead. I will then give you the 5% 2 to 4% that Amazon would have given you from the affiliate program depending on category. But Yes, you could then just give them the percent back that you would get. Awesome, and then on top of that, depending the level of the influencer, there would also be a fee. Depending on who you're working with. There could be, there could not be. Depends. Depends. Yes. For sure, Mm -hmm. for sure. So now that we're kind of on that topic, let's dig into the meat. Oh, okay. How do brands reach influencers like what Mm -hmm. is the appropriate way and I'm not talking yet we'll get into like the actual dialogue but everyone's like well I don't know how to find influencers right so there's the those platforms Mm -hmm. but there's also people like you Mm -hmm. who are bigger influencers and then there's like Kim Kardashian and Mm J-Lo. So break down these levels for me. Yes. So when I say like there could be a fee, there could not be a fee, I am a huge proponent of like working with micro-influencers, smaller influencers, creators who are just starting out their their influencer journey because I think they have so much value. They put so much um, quality into their content because they're trying to grow as well. They're growing their audience. They want to partner with brands. They want the product to create the content with. And at the same time, it mutually benefits the brand as well because they're getting the content. They get to share their product, reach new audiences. And when you mention like the Kim Kardashian, the J-Lo, You've all seen them come out with product lines. And Kim, she's successful. But other A-list celebrities like that, a lot of times they have mass reach. They have millions of followers. But they lack the relatability and authenticity and trust factor that people need to actually convert into a sale. They're like, oh, another celebrity product. Who knows the quality? It might be a cash grab. Who knows? So they don't necessarily run and grab it. And that is why it's not necessarily the best idea, especially if you don't have a super huge budget to work with super large influencers. Like mid-tier and micro-influencers are amazing. And what's a mid-tier? I'm going to say anywhere like 600,000 views and below. Mm, Interesting. So we usually like kind of look at the metric of follower count, but I like that you use the metric of viewership. I like that. Um, I would say that mid-tier influencer yeah you could say they're they're getting views of like half a million or under i would say that's a good count and then micro influencer could be like somebody with a thousand followers or under ten thousand followers getting like maybe 500 to ten thousand views on their content but maybe those ten thousand views are super targeted and they're all interested and they trust this person's opinion and they're like running to get it so there's value in like the quality of the viewership over the mass viewership of large numbers Yes, and then yeah. people feel the relationship with that influencer, yes. so they mm-hmm. start to trust them, even though it may, obviously, is not somebody they know, but it is not a completely out-of-reach person like right. Kim Kardashian. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the outreach. Mm-hmm. And what I always hear is, I want to work with influencers, but one, I can't find them, and nobody wrote back or how how do how does one even go about it 
Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that there are these agencies or these programs where you can find influencers. Basically, they have a roster, I assume, and you can reach a certain amount of influencers through them. You obviously have to pay them their agency fee. I don't normally recommend that. I feel like there are so many influencers you can just find by searching for them on social media. Obviously, we know the big name celebrities, but if you just, I always recommend searching for keywords and hashtags. So Ah. hashtag Amazon finds, hashtag found it on Amazon, hashtag Amazon fashion, whatever it may be, like make it your niche of product, but you can find so many creators under that niche and then you just look, scroll through all the creators and find the ones that you like their quality. Find the ones that have a good follower count, find the ones who are getting great engagement, reach out to them. So I don't ever think that you need to use an agency. They're right there on social media, like waiting to be found, using those hashtags to be found. I love it. You know, I really like the um, TikTok made me buy it Amazon edition. I love it. That's my favorite. That's my guilty pleasure. I'm (laughs) like, why am I still watching this? I'm like, I don't need this, but I think I'm going to get it anyway because TikTok made me buy it. Yes. And I use it for product research. I'm like, mm -hmm. should I sell this? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's very very smart too because those those have the virality they have like the some kind of it factor that just makes people want it so very smart for product research and once somebody finds an influencer tiktok Mm -hmm. wherever Mm -hmm. instagram do they message on that platform so i always say that an email is a bit more professional because sometimes a creator might have a super full inbox and they might may or may not get back to you and i never say like oh stop there don't bother like keep going and keep you can find most creators emails in their profile or in their bio if you don't have an email of course dm is fine okay you can totally start there you can say hey i'm interested in a partnership i would love to send more information what's your email you can even ask for an email in the dm um but yeah it's i think on platform reaching out is totally fine and then once they get the email and they send the email Mm -hmm. what would you like them what is appropriate to write in the email so as awful as it sounds you can safely assume that they are probably getting reached out to by a lot of other brands because a lot of creators are if they're taking it seriously and doing it full-time they probably have other inquiries in their inbox so you obviously want to include as much information as you can in the outreach Um, a lot of people reach out and they're like hey i'm looking for an influencer want to work together and as great as that is there's so many questions that i have as a creator and i'm like what is the product? What are you looking for? Like, are you looking for a TikTok reel? Are you, I mean, an Instagram reel, a TikTok video, an Amazon Live? Like, what are you looking for? What is the goal of this? Are you looking to do like massive sales? Are you trying to liquidate? Are you trying to just increase ranking? Like, what is the goal here? What's the timeline? What's the budget? There's so many questions that I have. So then a creator could be like, hey, here's a list of 20 questions as to like what's going on here because I want to find out. But then That's how a many lot of times work. do you want to do that a day? Yeah. Because then there is the actual work and time commitment and effort of creating content, which as a content creator, like you know how much time and energy it takes. So I'd say include information. You're listening to the Fearless Sellers, the women of Amazon podcast. If you like what you're hearing, click the subscribe button. We have new content coming out all the time and you don't want to miss out. Two, two questions on mm-hmm. that. So one, 
they need to kind of be pitching you why you would want to represent their brand. Yeah. So there's that respect. And then the other is, um, I think just because I'm from the television world, but mm-hmm. it's like, do you have like a media kit where you like, here's my sponsorship package or? Yeah. Yeah. So I did have one and I used to just send it out, but I've found out that there's no, there's no one size fits all. And it is easier okay. to send out a read kit, a media kit. And I recommend it for creators to have one to send to brands, but there really is no one size fits all. And it really depends on the brand's goals before I can just agree to working with them. Because if they have the goal of liquidating 5,000 products and they're not going to be happy if I don't, I don't want to get myself in a situation where our goals are not matched up. Yes. That yeah. is it. You need to align your goals. Mm-hmm. And when I was working, I worked in television news. Mm-hmm. I worked for NBC News and CNN for seven years. And I was pitched a lot of news stories. Mm-hmm. And I see this has evolved and it's mm-hmm. very similar. And I really would get irritated if it was just an obvious, uh, maybe a PR assistant mm-hmm. who would just send the same email over and over mm-hmm. and it wasn't a very good pitch. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously cut and paste. I mean, hopefully they got my name in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dear Joey yeah. instead of, you know, Kim. Right. And I would mostly ignore it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. I don't have time. I was in the newsroom and I was very yeah. busy. So I imagine this is what happens to you is you get either unprofessional emails mm-hmm. or demanding weird things. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, like, it's not a one-sided vetting process. It's not like, oh, like, you should tell me why I should work with you. It's like a double-sided vetting process because, you know, the the brand vets the creator before they reach out. And then when the creator is looking at, okay, is this a brand I do want to represent? Is this a product that I can stand behind? I have to try it out first and make sure it's of quality before I go ahead and just say that it is to everybody and they get mad at me when it's not. So, yeah, it is... um, double-sided as much as it is mutually beneficial yeah that that's a really good way to put it Mm -hmm. so they should say something like um you know hi gracie i see that you have deal cheats Mm -hmm. and you featured this product i really like it Mm -hmm. i'm not a competitor but i think that this might be a good fit for Mm -hmm. you and you could be a good fit to uh, ambassador our brand right. or however. Or they are a competitor and they saw that their competitor did well and maybe I didn't work directly with their competitor, it was an accident, and then we can actually create a really successful campaign with the same kind of product, that's also an option. Good point, yeah, yeah. if you see your competitor up mm-hmm. there, definitely reach out. Yeah, actually yes, and as long as there's no exclusivity in a contract, free game, go for it. And if it did well, then you know their audience responds to that product well. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so in this contract you just brought up, you have to outline exactly what you're going to do for them. And do people, one, obviously you you settle on like, okay, it's going to be three reels, a link in a bio, something, Mm -hmm. something. But I I can also picture people being like, hey, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks, some free product, and I need like a whole month of promo. Yeah. Yeah. For what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And something that a lot of new creators don't know yet is that when they get free product, at first, when I first started this years ago, I was like, oh my God, free product. Yay. I'm so excited. I got this for free. Oh my God. Wow. Such an honor. And then when the free product 
piles up and then you realize you have to pay taxes on the value of the products, if you are not getting paid for your time and your effort and your content, you are paying taxes on the value of the product as your income. I had no idea. Most creators have no idea. And so they're happily ex- like accepting potentially expensive products, not knowing that it counts as their income. And, you know, exposure doesn't pay the bills. So that's very interesting. And I, I do know a couple influencers, not in the Amazon world, mm-hmm. just influencers. And they said it just became too much of a headache and they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And that it also piles up. Well, what so, do you do with thing. all the product that you have? Um, you could give it to friends and family. You can donate it to Goodwill, shelters, anything like that. My friends and family are, I'm always like, hello, like right. free for all. No, but um, I just create my content with it. And I, I do love to use it and get experience on it, good and bad. So I have a, a you know comparison of like this price point, that price point, this is better than that, different brands comparisons. So, um, but yeah, it, it does, it's exciting at first. But at the same time, once I feel like it's a, a rite of passage almost. Like everyone starts out, they're super happy with the free sure. product. And then once they're like, okay, like it's time to start charging a little bit, then they kind of move up the ladder yes, in their well, journey. And you have completely busted any myth Ooh. that it is a easy part-time job. Yeah. And I feel like all content creators, from the outside, and from what I've heard from brands as well, they they have a very um, wrong misconception that it's super easy, just make a little 30 second video, like what's so hard about it, why are you charging me money, like da da da. Then once you do it yourself, you see it took hours of planning, hours of filming, hours of editing, and then like just the brainstorming and strategy behind it, caption strategy, SEO, like so everything, much. like in text, video in text, like, there's so much behind it for the results of a good little 30 second video. And you're under a contract yeah. and you have to get all the keywords in there because mm-hmm. as we all know, because everyone listens to this podcast os- often, we talk about keyword ranking mm-hmm. and you get awesome keyword ranking from the content that you're creating. Another question, mm-hmm. I'm sure you listeners are all wondering, how much does it cost? Like what, let's set expectations. Okay on the cost sure. of working with any influencers from micro influencers mm-hmm. like to your level. I don't know what I don't even want to know what Kim Kardashian costs. <laughs> I heard Kim Kardashian accepted a million dollars for one Instagram post. Wow. I heard unconfirmed. Good for her. Good for her. Absolutely. Um so every creator is different. So I always say, if you're strict on your budget, you can say, hey, here's my budget. Or you can say, hey, like, give me your media kit or rate card and what is your budget? So never assume. And and if you have a very, very small budget, don't go for the Kim Kardashian, you know? So if you're working with micro influencers, nano influencers, people are starting out with maybe, I don't know, smaller following, you could do a gifted campaign, which means giving them your product, saying, hey, try it out and return for a story on Instagram or a post or a video reel, whatever you can agree on. And once you start moving up to the mid tier, then maybe their rates could be a couple hundred upwards to a couple thousand. I always assume that um, a unit of product is given to them so they can either try it out, vet it or create the content with it. There should be assumed um and then you could also do a commission basis i kind of really love commission based deals at this point because there's not the huge pressure of a huge flat fee on the brand side and i have more motivation to obviously sell more of the product because then i would get paid more 
and if, if I have like a higher commission, I actually know a couple aggregators who kind of have the 10% commission and that's a bit like double what Amazon Associates gives. And uh, I know a lot of people doing well with the 10% commission and they just create all the content they can. They post on their social media. They, they share it because they want to make that commission. And you're calling them an aggregator in the influencer space because... No, like, a, like an Amazon aggregator. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, and their influencer programs under the oh. Amazon aggregator. Yeah. Well, that's clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it works. It works. Yeah. And then, of course, the larger influencers could be thousands, could be the, the no limit. You know, who knows? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I've noticed you are very consistent with your posting. Yeah. You have to be. Like, I, I think there are so many times where I'm like, I'm over it. Give up. Like, this, like maybe I had a string of videos that didn't perform to my expectation. I'm like, oh, I've lost it. I fell oh. off. No. But, you know, like, when you're creating content, it is such... Now that I've been doing it for a couple years, I, I see the seasonality of it. I see that there will be high times and low times. And you, you can expect that to be true. There's never a time where everything's going to go great for you forever. Well, that's a business. Exactly. That's like business. So you're going to have low times. Like stuff's not going to perform. And then that's an opportunity to learn and pivot and re-strategize and then like go from there instead of, oh, I fell off. Let's give up on this. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. same with, with all businesses. Exactly. So everybody listening, it takes time and consistency. And when we're talking about how consistent you are with your posting, with the, our listeners and our Amazon sellers and brands, it's one post mm-hmm. and it's evergreen. Like the expectations have to be set. Yes. Um, I do deals. So there is nothing evergreen about it. Like okay. I could post something and it could be expired and irrelevant by tomorrow right. or today in a few hours so that's the hard part and i i kind of wish and recommend that people do evergreen content because you're putting the same amount of time and effort and energy into creating one piece of content one of them lives forever one of them is like dead by tomorrow which one's more worth your time so maybe that real strategic partnership with the influencer Mm -hmm. is what sounds like like and i'm thinking for my brand too is you figure out like a schedule and like the real partnership and what what that looks like so they almost become like an extension of your brand like i think <clears throat> lululemon did it so well right yeah. with their brand ambassadors mm-hmm. and people walking around beautiful yeah. women just like yeah. you walking around in lululemon everywhere mm-hmm. yeah yeah they did so well with it and i can think of other um Brands like Shein did really, really well with it too, with just their campus ambassadors. I think the Amazon influencer program is doing a great job of just creating a huge community of creators just promoting Amazon products every day. They did, re- they did great, and they're also having a lot of people join the program now, which is awesome. And I, I have no idea how many sales that Amazon gets from this influencer program, but it has to be a huge chunk. I can only imagine. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, Amazon yeah. is smart and yeah. they keep building more and more programs, though, mm-hmm. because um, with the influencer program, there's also what? Amazon Live, Amazon mm-hmm. Inspire, and then mm-hmm. what's the top tier? A plus? A list. A list. On Amazon Live. Mm-hmm. So A-list. basically, it's just like a tier on Amazon Live. 
Okay, so mm-hmm. Amazon Live, anybody can go on that. Anybody in the Amazon Influencer Program. Yes. And brands that and are brand registered. Correct. Okay, yes. so you can either be a brand or you have to have somebody in the Influencer Program. So not mm-hmm. me as an associate. Correct. So okay. you would have to apply to the influencer program, get a storefront, and then you can live stream. Oh, good. I'm mm-hmm. off the hook. I can't promote anyone's <laughs> brand. But if you tag me in your your uh, product, I'll you have put an on, affiliate link. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll exactly. put on my story yeah. and my favorites list. <laughs> exactly. You can do that. Yes. Okay. So Amazon Live, you yourself or mm-hmm. Deal Cheats goes. You go live like three times a week. I try to. Yeah. Consistently every week. Yep. And then you have your followers. I do. Your people. Yes. And then what about Amazon Inspire? Amazon Inspire is really cool and kind of exciting. I think they tried to replicate the magic of TikTok. They saw how Uh. much TikTok was converting to sales, aka TikTok made me buy it. So they're like, let's make it easier. Let's just make it on platform and have a, a feed where people can just scroll. And right now it's a mixture of like photos, videos, horizontal, vertical, everything. Um, but really it's in the beginning stages. And I could see this once they kind of quality control and once they you know, get a hang of the kind of content they want on there, it could be really, really, really cool. And a great opportunity for both brands and influencers. That is awesome. Yeah. That's the best explanation I've heard. And I do play around with Amazon Inspire, but I Mm -hmm. need to spend more time from my brand standpoint. Mm -hmm. I like it's, you know, being an Amazon selling coach, I want to learn everything. Right. right. And then I have to also switch and be like, hey, I have this uh, fertility women's health brand that I should also be promoting. Right. right. And I can Mm -hmm. use it for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so in there, there's the tiers. And how do you get up to that uh, A list? So those tiers are specifically for Amazon Live. Everyone starts out as a rising star. So once you do a certain number of minutes streamed and you reach a certain revenue goal, then you move up to insider status. And insider status, basically the benefits of every level is where your live streams can show up on Amazon. So there's an Amazon Live page. You can search for it, Amazon Live on Amazon, and you'll land on that page. But for the rising stars, their uh, streams are only eligible to show up on their influencer storefront, and that's it. And then once you're on insider level, then you can show up on relevant product pages, the Amazon Live page, and your influencer storefront. So obviously, huge jump in potential viewership. And then A-list is a little bit harder to get into because Amazon personally hand selects and vets people. Not everyone who applies gets in. So oh. they have to look at the quality of your streams, the engagement, um, the like, the setup, like everything, before they allow you into A-list because once you're A-list, you can show up on the daily deals page on Amazon and the amazon.com homepage. Obviously, they want to make sure that quality streams are showing up in those really high traffic placements. So it's it's great to be there because you get so many new viewers and so many new eyes and customers. But yeah. Um, and to get to A-list, you have to reach 2,000 followers on Amazon and reach a certain revenue goal as well. That's the real deal. And so for the Amazon brands, how do they get their products on A-list? Do they have to pay Amazon and the influencer? So there is the option of working directly with Amazon for a sponsored Amazon live stream. I have heard that the price to do that is a lot higher than working directly with an influencer. Me too. I have heard that. But brands do it. 
Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. big, big. And they get the enterprise brands guaranteed for sure. placements of working with Amazon and, you know, they could stay on the deal page, homepage, whatever it may be. So they can guarantee that. Okay. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I love that you have broken all this down. So let's uh, turn back to Gracie. <gasps> How did you, like, what, when you, I, I'm, I'm picturing mm-hmm. you dabbling in this sure, well, at sure. your corporate job. <laughs> yeah. So I got introduced to TikTok by my best friend. And, you know, I was just like a consumer of content for probably a year before I ever posted a video. And originally, it was completely anonymous. It was, like I said, height of 2020, early 2020. And I would always shop on Amazon with promo codes. And then I would tell my friends and my family about it. And they're like, oh, they just didn't care. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll just post some TikTok videos and not show my face. And I would just crank out videos all day, every day, because I liked it. And I, I literally remember telling like my mom I think I was like maybe I'll get a thousand followers like how cool would that be like I'll be so excited if I get a thousand followers and then I was just making videos all day did not care if a single person saw them and one of my videos went viral I remember it was a a massage gun ah look at that yeah and and then my video started gaining a lot of traction after that and I hit a hundred thousand followers and I'm like I was like t- I was so excited about it like I remember I was like oh my god like counting it down and yeah. I was so so excited and um I remember I think a brand reached out to me and I was so shocked about it and I was like what they want me to do what to, to make a video about their deal and then I made a post in a Facebook group of, of Amazon sellers ah had no idea what I was doing. And my post was literally like, hey, like I did a TikTok video and a brand is asking me how much they want me to charge. I'm like, what do I charge? Literally, I asked that question. I love it. And then the sellers were like, "Um, I want to use your service. And I'm like, this is not a service. Like I'm just asking. And that's when I kind of understood that when I post a video and it sells out and when I post a video and the next morning it's the number one new release and then it becomes the number one bestseller, I was like, I guess there's another side to this. There's the seller brand side. And that's when I was like, wait, there's another world and I want to learn more about what they do and what they're looking for and how what I love doing can help them. So that's how this all started. I love it. And yeah. I love that you just organically went into Facebook and kind yeah. of sold your services accidentally. Accidentally. I was not trying to sell anything. I was like, help. What is fair? What's a reasonable price to charge? Yeah, I had no idea. And at the time, it was also kind of new, and not many people were doing this, so there was no standard. Yeah. So I had nobody to look to or no information. Right. So you luckily went and got tied into a community. literally. Yep. And that's what we talk about a lot on this Mm -hmm. uh, podcast, is that you have to tie into community, no matter how big you are. Correct, yes. And I'm sure you give back to the smaller influencers and give advice. Yes. I, I actually have a couple friends. Like, they're like... I kind of hate my job and I don't get paid at all. What do you do? Can you like tell me about it? And I have a friend I I got into the program and I'm like mentoring her and it like brings me so much joy seeing her be like, oh my God, I got my first commission today and seeing her grow and keep working at it. And I would love to help more creators get into this because I I think there's so much fulfillment in doing this as a full-time job. And obviously there are so many brands out there who could benefit from more creators and it's it's great because you get to put your own creativity and passion into it. And so, 
Yeah, I love that I'm able to help my friends now. And do your friends say, hey, Gracie, how do I get a million followers on TikTok? Of course, of course. I wish there was a secret pill I could give. I wish there was. But um, consistency, like you said, I think is the only reason. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not posting that. It's an awful video. Cringy. Ew. And then I'm like, oh, whatever. Post it. And it does like the best ever. And it's so strange. And TikTok is weird like that, which is why I love it so much. But yeah. I know that. Well, and it's like you really have to let the viewers decide. It's not your opinion. Yeah. Very true. Very true. But there, there's TikTok is great because my thing is like you see what works. And if you kind of just like replicate those things, you can replicate the hooks, you can replicate the length of the video, um, the lighting, the, the words, you can replicate certain things without copying and what works works, whether it's them or you. So it's, it's really fun learning TikTok and testing different things. And testing. Yeah. And I like to call it modeling. Yeah. Like I saw, oh, this worked for this person. Right. Right. I'm just going to model that content and see what it does for me. Use it as a template. There you go. Yes. And what about if people just kind of give you credit, like if they use your video? Yeah, um, I've had my content stolen. I feel like a lot of creators have. Um, it's It sucks. But the, the thing is, most platforms are pretty good about copyright infringement. And as oh. they have like a report, um, a thing where you can report their account. And as long as you can prove the video is yours, they usually take it down or they... Um, it happens a lot with YouTube, and that's why a lot of creators upload their content on both other platforms and YouTube, because YouTube has like an automatic copyright infringement detector where they'll tell you if somebody stole your video. So it'll kind of just keep an eye on it for you, which is really nice. That is nice, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, it's your artwork. You created yeah. it. Yeah. It's your brand. It's your yeah. business. Mm -hmm. What about um, insurance? Mm, insurance for... For influencers, like mm -hmm. it's, I mean, for my business, mm -hmm. I have business insurance. Mm -hmm. So I guess kind of with setting up an LLC, you're protected. Yeah. Yes, I, I do recommend, not, not that being the first step, but like once you do start taking this seriously as a full-time job, that's definitely something to protect you. Um, another thing is a, a service, I have no idea what the name is of it, but it's literally insurance for your Instagram. Basically, if you get hacked or if your account gets taken down for some reason, that your account is insured and they will get it back somehow. Oh, that's so awesome. That's like social media insurance. It is completely needed because yeah. I know people with, Two million plus followers on Instagram yeah. who and there's it was taken down I think for two months like it can hurt you I got I I've been there you have I've been there I know oh, have been through this chaos and crisis what of happened? having that happen to me it was in the early days um and I still to this day think it was a glitch where TikTok was kind of just like banning accounts and I think because I didn't show my face in my videos at first they may have saw my videos as spammy. I don't know. But like one day I logged in and this is when I was like cranking out videos every day. This was like my heart and soul. So I log in and it says, your account has been banned. And then it's like the only option is like log out, bye. And I was like literally on the floor sobbing. Like you were canceled. No, I was literally canceled. And I, I, <laughs> I didn't know why. Obviously at the time I was small. I don't, I, a couple hundred thousand followers, small. But like, I had no connections, nobody to reach out to. There was yeah. no customer service, really. And, like, obviously, all TikTok creators are, like, spamming TikTok support. So, like, there was truly not a single soul that could help me. Oh. And then I found someone who could help. Like, it took maybe a week or so of just absolute, 
I was at rock bottom. I, I thought it was over for me. And finally, I found somebody through a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. And they're like, oh, I know somebody. And then they just, I told them, I was like, my account got banned. I'm like sobbing in their DMs. And they're like, okay, hold on. Two minutes later, it's back up. What? Yeah. And I was like, huh. I prayed for this. I was like, so excited. You're like, can I send you cookies? No, literally, can I send you my first one? I was like, so relieved. But yeah, that happened. And it's devastating. It is literally an asset. And it's like the key to this entire career. If if you just lose your account that you worked so hard to build, that that entire following is gone. And it happens a lot. I, it, my friend got um, her Instagram taken down. She had like 400 or 500,000. She's verified. She got, she posted something. Instagram didn't like it. Got her whole account banned, taken down. And she, again, friend of a friend of a friend, like got it back. I'm like, ugh. But it happens and it's devastating. It is devastating. Yeah. It's like your storefront. Yes. Like, I mean, yeah. that's how I felt with um, my products on Amazon when I ran mm-hmm. out of inventory and I got these shipping warnings and feeling like my account health and you get these warnings. Look, if, if you're an Amazon seller and you haven't had these, like, you know, your account is at risk for deactivation. Like, you haven't lived. I'm not yeah. saying to put yourself at risk, but things happen. Yeah. And mine had to do with, like, an inventory situation. Mm-hmm. But I know those feelings of, yeah. this is it. Like, yeah. I'm I'm done. Yeah. It's happened on Amazon as well. Not only did it happen to my TikTok, it happened to my Amazon associates. So when you're a new creator in the Amazon Influencer or Associates program, there's a lot of rules that you have to follow that if you are not, like, going through the operating agreement with like a fine tooth comb and learning all the legal jargon of what they're trying to say, you could easily make a mistake. There's like disclosure FTC things. And then there's like what you can and can't post. There's the wording that you have to use. There's, you can't refer to this, that, and the other. And of course, newer creators are like, oh, I'm posting a willy nilly, not thinking twice. And then they get hit with like, oh, you're terminated. They get hit with like, oh, you're, you have to fix this within a certain amount of time. It's, it's really important to know what you're doing and like look at the reviews and try to understand not the reviews the agreement Agreement. operating agreement and try to understand that because it is very important and you don't want to be in that situation where you get that warning or lose anything and if you do get in that situation persistence will get you out yes do your best don't give up there where there's a will there's a way i used to always say that and i mean here i am yes I agree too. Away, and I'll make you feel better. When I was mm-hmm. working for Callaway Golf it, as their social media manager, mm-hmm. I got their Twitter account suspended. And you don't want to get Callaway mm. Golf's Twitter account of course, suspended. Of course. I mean, did you get out of it? Oh yeah, because okay. I was so terrified that I used every resource right. and hustle I could, right. Right. and I'm praying nobody noticed, yep. and it will magically yep. reappear. Right. There were, you know, some people did notice. And I just laugh, though, because all my social media skills were all learned and practiced on very big companies like Callaway and some other big companies. But don't we all make, like, similar mistakes when we start out? Yeah, and I'd rather go for it and make the mistake. Yes. So it's like you either uh, win or you learn. Exactly. And, man, did I learn. I learned the hard way, but I learned. I learned. See. Yeah. Well, Gracie, today it's been such an honor to have you in the Austin studio with me, and I hope you will come back. And until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com. 
to book a free strategy selling session, we can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless.